So, this morning, uh, I want us to do kind of a mixture. I want to talk to you. I want to hear some testimonies. We're going to kind of sing in between. And really the key thing is uh, questions that you have to answer. Yeah? So, kind of, let's, let's work along and see how we go. Um, my my f- father's family background um, would certainly be described as uh, regularly being filled with the spirit and fighting mad. Not the spirit we talk about. Uh, I, my father was the youngest in the family. So, uh, as one of his children, I didn't get exposed to a lot of it, but I can remember in my childhood what they basically, you know, the, the family were, the, the paternal grandmother was a, a East End money lender. The various sons of hers, including my father, was a boxer. It was a kind of, it was their way of celebrating, whether it was 21st birthday or wedding or funeral or whatever, was basically, it seemed, it, it, it was one of those family things, you know, where you'd get drunk and then you'd fight. And that was a kind of way of celebrating. I know it doesn't always kind of make a lot of sense, but I can remember um, as a kid seeing uh, at one of these celebrations, my father, who wasn't that big, um, but between two of the relatives, I can't remember which ones they were, trying to kind of bring peace or uh, at least reduce the damage. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's the way this world sees. But we actually, we believe in being filled with the Spirit, but not the alcoholic variety. Because God says that's what he's got for us. And strangely, it also produces in us an ability to fight. Not to fight in a, in a violent and aggressive way, but uh, a way to actually determine, here's something that I can do that makes a difference. There are three things that happen. And the other three things I wanted to look at, I'm sure there's many more, but just three things when we're filled with the Spirit. Remember recently we talked about um, following the cloud or ending up lost in the dust. We talked about practicing the presence. And in these days, and clearly we've seen this happening, we'll hear more about this in a minute, uh, more um, vividly amongst the young people in recent times, Uh, It is in the plan of God, it's in the purpose of God, it's in the word of God that we are a people that are constantly being filled with the Spirit, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, And as a result of that, find that there are certain things that happen. You know, while we were away, we were obviously engaged with this uh, whole situation, this amazing project that we've got there to help Um, child-headed families. You understand, for those of you perhaps not aware, these are families where the older brother or sister is bringing up the younger ones. And they can be teenagers or they can be much younger. And that is because uh, the parents have died 
um, often because of the AIDS epidemic, or it can be um, due to the trouble there, or uh, various, a whole variety of reasons. Jamie said a little while ago, uh, we're dealing with 70-odd uh, families like that, and I don't know about you, but I, I have a great sense of privilege, you know, to be able to do something that, that is real and meaningful in this world. Does that not grab you? People talk to me, you know, about uh, how it was when I was stockbroking and, and all the money I could make and all that sort of thing. And I said, really, none of that compares with the opportunity to do something real in this world. I mean, as a people, all right, we don't all go, but we're all part of this. What a privilege to be actually involved. Whether it's um, children affected by war in Sierra Leone or child-headed families in Zimbabwe or any of the other things. I mean, that is, that is a supreme privilege. And yet, there's a desire, and as God's Spirit works in us, there's a, an increasing desire uh, to see more, to see more of his power, more of his purpose. While we were there, we were obviously engaged with the child-headed families, and Jamie particularly, more so than me, in the detail. And we're looking at the, the problem and the size of the problem, 308,000 families. We're dealing with 70-odd. And we happened to see, it was around the time of Valentine's Day, and I was looking on CNN, where we were, we, we got CNN. Actually, we didn't get anything else, just CNN, which, which was part of our suffering. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Here we are, 308,000 families, no parents, in extreme poverty, great difficulty, trying to study when they're hungry. I mean, just being abused by even other adults and family members. Just a horrific world. This is God's world. And then I see on CNN, $376 million were spent by people in the States on sending valentines to their pets. I think this, this is obscene. This is obscene. And then 15% of women in America send flowers to themselves on Valentine's Day. I think that's, that's not just obscene, that is just so sad. And I think this is God's world. Here we are, 300 and odd thousand families. That's just one thing. I mean, if we talked about the number of children that, that died each day as a result of malnutrition, thousands upon thousands, but we're talking about a world that is completely messed up in a complete, um, well, I don't know, words just don't really describe it. And yet here are we, in the goodness of God, set into a world where we have an opportunity to show what God is like. That's why we can't fool around just playing church. It's never going to work for us to, to have meetings in buildings and not be engaged in what we're actually involved in in a real world. Because God has shown us something and placed something within us. But we can't do it out of uh, a soulish or emotional response. It has to be 
as we are being filled with the Holy Spirit that we can actually get to grips with these things. The three things that happen that I want to talk about are essentially about not what's imposed from the outside, but as an internal response to being filled with the Spirit. It's not not something that can be forced externally. The Bible says that from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom is advanced by force, and forceful men advance the kingdom. Now, that's not, again, about ferocious or aggressive. This is about people who catch hold of something, and it may be a little thing, and just determine in God, under his anointing, that that thing has to be. They hear God, and it's got to happen. Or, put it the other way around, no way are we going to accept that. You know, we've got the great reformers that we can talk about of the past, and what great work they did. But we're talking about what God has given us to do in our time. And it can be that in reaching out to one person like we just heard about Richard and Prince, you just do not know the ongoing multiplication and effect of that uh, over the years. That's not really our responsibility. What we are talking about is something by God's Holy Spirit that stirs in us that we want to take ground, that we cannot be passive. Jude talks about contending for the faith. Romans 8 talks about if God be for us, who can be against us? And I'm not saying, brothers and sisters, this is something we can drum up, but rather than being couch potatoes in the kingdom or, or passive, in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, there's something that produces a fight, something that says, I will not in God stand for this, or I will take this thing through because God has spoken, in spite of cost in spite of sacrifice, in spite of whatever it may be. They're the people, people that catch hold, that are filled with the Spirit, that God uses and raises up and thrusts forth. And it's not about an aggressive exterior, it's about a conviction that comes in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We read about David's mighty men. Interesting how they turned aside from what they could do into a purpose that God set before them. Their purpose was to see David made king. Amongst them was this guy, Shammah. Amazing character. He's there with all the Israelites. The Philistines come. He looks around and all of a sudden they're gone. Just him. And what has he got? Well, he's got a field of lentils. But something rose up in him. That, no. I mean, can you imagine it? I'm not that keen on lentils, but... I mean, taking on the Philistine army for the sake of a patch of lentils? I was being like Ken, sort of, going to war because some invading force was, was threatening his allotment or something like that. I mean... <laughs> Very sensible, all right, yeah. 
I'll fight this in, invading an, uh, enemy for the sake of me Brussels sprouts or whatever. <laughs> they but isn't it interesting? Thousands of years later, we're talking about a man who heard God and what he did didn't look that impressive, guarding a lentil patch. But something rose up within him under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to make a stand. Something that said, beyond this point, I'm not going. Something that said, beyond this point, I am not going to withdraw. Something that said, I make my stand here. Whether it's on something God's given us or an issue of righteousness or whatever it may be, I make my stand. Sometimes we do that kind of with fear and trembling. Take our courage in our hands or whatever the phrase may be. But you just know that that this is what God wants. This is God's moment. It's God's time. When I was stockbroking and the senior partner who I was assisting, uh, the brief they gave me is, uh, all you need to do is do whatever he says and do it quickly. Then you'll do fine. And on the day when he told me, tell this client that I'm not here, I just knew that this was my moment when I would say to him, I'm sorry, but that is against my principle to tell that lie. Talk about cut the silence with a knife. I thought, that's it. That's the end. That's, that's. A couple of years later, I got called into a partnership dispute on the basis, tell us what happened because we know that you will tell the truth. You don't know that at the time. All I knew was this is the job gone. There's a moment in time and it can happen in a whole variety of things. And there's many stories we could tell of that. We make that stand. God before us. Who can be against us? Who can stand against us? People who break through what appears to be impenetrable, accept no obstacles, basically say, but wait a minute, God has said we shall have this. God has said we shall go there. God has said we shall do this. God has said that's all that's necessary. And the empowering and anointing of the Holy Spirit enables us to stay in that place. We have a God who has many names. One of them is Baal Perez. It means Lord of the, of the Breakthrough. Uh, it's like a, uh, the, the words describe the image of a dam breaking and an irresistible force of, of water coming through. That's the God that we serve, who is prepared to actually make things happen on the basis of what he says to us and our willingness under the power of the Holy Spirit to stand by that. There's another scripture that talks about being surrounded by this, this great cloud of witnesses. 
There's another one that says, you know, do you realize that you're kind of in an arena? I'm talking about the Olympics and looking at all the developments there. But that you are in an arena. It goes on to say, you're like a spectacle before men and angels. Really seeking to demonstrate what is God doing in this life? How is God being shown forth in this life? How will this person respond to this situation? And God empowers us with his Holy Spirit. See, I want us to understand, being filled with the Spirit, yeah, it's... (laughs) He's really enjoyable. Um, there's a, a joy that is beyond words. There's a, there's a whole life experience which has no comparison. But it also is translated in this, what I'm going to call this fighting spirit, this ability to say, I will not be passive in this situation. I will see this thing through in a particular way. And that is one of the outworkings of being filled with the Spirit. Question. Where would you like the Holy Spirit to put fire in you? What situation? What sits before you? Where do you want fight put in you, or fire in your belly, or whatever expression you like? Something which causes you to rise up in God. Remember, this is not a personality issue. This is a God, the Holy Spirit, taking sometimes even the most timid and empowering them in his purpose. Let's hear what God's been doing amongst us. We have uh, Zach and Jenny come join me. So we're going to hear some of the the stories about some of this this stuff in action. So we're going to use these young people because um, we wanted to keep giving them the opportunity to share their stories anyway. But as you listen to them, it's great to be thankful and say, oh, that's good. But what we want you to be doing is thinking, I want that. I want that. It's something that the youth leaders are saying whenever we're talking about the young people. We want what they've experienced. This is an area where I want that experience in my life. So, Jenny, you come to school here, and I imagine sometimes you witness people getting picked on. What was, what, how would you normally have reacted? Um, well, I normally would have just like left it because I didn't want to get involved in anything. Now, after the... Um, the here comes the boom, day away. There was something, there was that kind of fight put in your belly. What happened the following week? Um, I was on Facebook and there was this girl who put a picture up and loads of boys were commenting on it and like saying really horrible stuff to her. And normally I would have just left it because I didn't want anyone to like target me. But I, just, I thought that I should intervene and like say something. And it, it gave you... You, you got a little bit of stick from that, didn't you? I made, made an issue, but it was different this time. Yeah, I just felt like I should have done something because I didn't really care what they said to me because they were just like, oh, why are you getting involved and stuff like that? But I didn't really take much of it. 
good. And there was another thing that happened. After the day away, there's a friend that you've wanted to, to come along. And you've, you've wanted them to, to, to be involved in stuff, but you felt convicted to kind of be a bit more aggressive. What did you do? Um, on the day away, I wrote a really long letter. Like, <laughs> it was a prayer to God about my friend, like, that she would really, like, discover God and that she would be able to come to youth and not feel awkward and stuff like that. Excellent. Good. Thank you, Jenny. Cheers. Very good. You got, have you got some eyes under there? There's somewhere. Okay. Now, Zach, one of the things that you were saying even before the day away was that you wanted to be able to, to talk more openly about your relationship with God to your parents. What, you, what, what, what was your feeling before? Well, I, I don't know, really, because I, when I was, like, getting home from youth, I couldn't, like, I was, like, they would ask me how it went, and I was just like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, and it was just a bit awkward. So that was something that you particularly wanted God to change, and you wanted to be able to kind of seize the day and talk a little bit more. What what happened afterwards? And then, like after the boom, I got home and like went to the door with a smile on my face, and I was just like to them, "Yeah, it was so good," and I told them everything. And then, like after it, I was like, "Did that really just happen?" (laughs) So I was a bit shocked. Excellent. Thank you very much. Cheers. See, I do want us to understand it's the thing that God puts before us, puts in our heart. In Jenny's world, in Zach's world, they were major things. But as God filled them with his spirit, there was a a, a boldness, uh, there was a this must happen kind of thing. Now, what we're saying is being filled with the Spirit includes this. And I'd phrase the question again. What would it look like for you? What would it look like? Something rising up. For example, let me help you. Is there something which comes to mind you think, hmm, now that's, a, that's an interesting challenge. Or that's something that frightens me or that's something that intimidates me that I'd like to see that one something of God break loose in that yeah okay we're kind of mingling this songs and and our worship and our response because we're young we're flexible we can just change yes yes that was a nice, loud yes, Leo. Very good. Yeah, with conviction. Yes. When I was talking to Mark about the songs, this is nothing to do with what I'm saying, but I'm just talking to you. I said, I, yeah, what, I want this song. He said, I don't know that one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it goes like this. I couldn't really remember how it goes. Where did you go, Mark? Oh, you're there. I looked it up. Yeah, I think we used to sing it before you were born. (laughs) There was a songwriter called Robert Gay. He probably did a lot of the songs when you were were in nappies. Now, there's a thought, isn't it? (laughs) 
All right. Where do you want the fight put in you? Anybody got a desire to make a difference in this sad and rotten world? God's world. Called together to show what he's like. Called to be salt in the earth. Makes a difference. Light in the darkness. God has, I think, blessed us and helped us. Providing resources way beyond our size in order to continue the things that he's giving us to do. Gone through this rigorous process on this funding. But now, it begins to open the door for a whole new time, a new season. God has raised up Prince and the other guys in his purpose to lead this thing through at this time. We thank God for that. Second thing that happens when we're filled with the Spirit is a fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Maybe talk a bit more about this next week, but fruitfulness. I love, I like the kingdom multiplication factor. You know, in this world you get one plus one, two, I'm good at maths, add another one, three. But in the kingdom, he can just suddenly multiply tenfold. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. I like that. It's It's a great return for a small investment. You know, there's still something in me that likes the idea of a great return for a limited investment, you know? Yeah. Fruitful. And I'm, of course, not just talking about numbers. You understand that? I'm delighted. I'm delighted to hear from David and Margaret that they baptized 24 young people before they left there. That's thrilling. But it's not just about numbers. It's about what Jenny just talked to us about. What Zach just spoke to us about. Productive. On Friday... We, um, we, we had the young people do some feedback um, and they chose to do it in dramatic uh, form about some of the things that have happened for them. So I'm currently taking the pace, place of Owen Jakes who unfortunately can't be here. I'm a little bit shorter and a little bit darker haired but we'll, we'll see how we get on. You get the point, don't you? It's real life things. That's where it starts. God can send us into dramatic situations, but we start where we are. Start as we're filled with the Spirit, with a new level of a fruitfulness, a Christ-likeness, a kingdom multiplication. It's not just about sending us across the world. That can happen. But it's about the one person, the one response, the one reaction. Now, with regard to fruitfulness, there comes this 
kind of inconvenient thing. Um, it's called pruning. Now, I like the business about fruitfulness. I'm not so keen on the idea of pruning. I don't mind if it's an apple tree, but if it's me, that, but you know, what I'm understanding, looking at John 15, is that unless I buy into the pruning, then I'm not going to really be buying in to the fruitfulness. And so we have to, we have to pray sensible prayers. You know, some of us grew up with the idea, pray for God, oh Lord, will you bless me, bless me. Lord, bless me, and when you finish doing that, please bless me some more. <laughs> well, God's going to bless you because he loves you. Uh, you, you. You know, you, you can ask if you like, but it's, you know, God's going to do it. But what about pruning? I mean, it seems a bit of a dark thing to do. But whom he loves, he chastens. So, hmm, if he loves me, he chastens me. Swing it the other way around. Have you been chastened lately? Is there anything, I hope you're not perfect, because you're done finished with being here, and we quite like you. I don't really want to say bye-bye to you yet. Lord, you haven't chastened me lately? Is, is anything, is everything okay? See, a far more accurate prayer to pray is, Lord, how about your pruning? How about your chastening? See, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we can expect a fruitfulness, but along with the fruitfulness... We've got to be open for the pruning. Lord, will you prepare me, develop me, increase me for more fruitfulness? We don't want to be in a situation that we read in Haggai. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes but not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. That speaks of a lot of effort for a little outcome. In the kingdom of God, in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we're looking for a great outcome at cost as we seek to invest and submit to his rule and his lordship. There is sacrifice. There is a willingness to embrace change. Not a place for a kind of casual convenience. Okay, can I have uh, Rianne, Serena, Jamie and Ben? I've not prepped you, Ben, but you'll be fine. It's okay, I'm with you. Um, if you didn't pick up in that la- the, the last little sketches, we saw that God was producing... Uh, a piece in, in Ronnie when it comes to uh, times of being challenged. Um, he was producing in, in Owen a confidence to step into relationships and not hide, hide back. And um, God was doing something in terms of the healing of, uh, of Patrick's ankle. It's not completely there yet, but we're, we're on the way, so it's good. Okay, right. 
Rianne, you're first on my list. Come over here. Okay, now, God's been producing some stuff in you. It's been fruitful. Um, one of the things that, that we've seen in you is an expansion in your confidence. Now, tell us a little bit, particularly about the, the worry thing, because that was something that, that you wrote in your letter to God. Um, when I got the letter back from God, it said, don't worry about like school or unstable relationships with friends. And during this week, um, I've had yeah some unstable relationships with friends and someone that's been like quite mean to me. But um, and then I wasn't like I normally really worry about stuff, but I wasn't worried about it. And because it said in my letter, I've got it all covered. I was just kind of remembering that, and I just handed it all to God and not worried about it. Uh, you've also had some interesting experiences, even being on your own, experiencing God. What, what's that felt like? Well, I was just, like, after the boom day away, I had, like, a couple of days, and it was, like, I was just, like, really happy and um, really happy to be in God's presence. And Good. Okay. Thank you very much, Rina. <laughs> Serena. What was it that, that God really produced in you during the, during the day away and a little bit afterwards? Um, well, I felt really peaceful, and I felt like God like really loved me, and I felt kind of like really brand new. Excellent. Thank you very much, Rina. Now, now on Friday they did a sketch of, of Jamie's story, but uh, we couldn't, didn't have time really to, to do it today. Um, but for some reason, Claire McKernan was a Chinese man. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, that's fine. Okay, Jamie, what, what was what what has God done in you in terms of other people around you? Well, I wanted to get on with my siblings a bit better. So like, I prayed to God and even my brother and my mum prayed that I could play with him more and um earlier the other day, a few weeks ago, I was playing on the Wii with him and I was also playing Lego with him and felt really happy when playing with him. Good. Well done, mate. Cheers. Okay, and, and Ben, um, you would sometimes lock yourself away and go into the two-dimensional world of computers and stuff. What, what happened to you? Um, on the day away, um, I was prayed for by John, and um, then I met with God and started laughing a bit. Um, and then, ne- and <laughs> and then, like n- over the next then while, if I was invited out instead of like um, trying to get out of it, I would just go and like have a good time instead of be sitting at home um, playing on the computer. Good, excellent. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> so, so in in these things that. They seem like they could be small things, but it is changing the lives. And just like in that song, and never be the same again. These are signs of God changing and producing new things in these young people. We spoke, do take your seats, we spoke earlier on about the lordship, the sovereign rule of our Lord Jesus. And he said that when he went, he would send a comforter. The purpose being that the, the sovereign Lord, the ministry 
of Jesus would continue through the likes of us. And as we are filled with his Holy Spirit, the timid are made bold. Those with fear are given courage. Those who wouldn't speak out are suddenly, under the power of the Holy Spirit, empowered to do something. We've been hearing about it even this morning amongst ourselves. We're recognizing that being filled with the Holy Spirit has a profound, actual, meaningful effect on everyday life. And so here's the question. Remember I said, very important, in each part there's a question. We don't want to put money into a purse with holes in. That seems to me to be a heck of a lot of effort for little outcome. So here's the question. Where are the holes in your purse? Where are the holes in your purse? Or if you want to switch it around the other way, how about this one? What would being more fruitful look like in your life? Now, guys, if you're going to engage in being doers rather than just hearers, you will engage with these questions. I give them to you again. Where are the holes in your purse? What would being more fruitful look like in your life? These are things to hold before God and to gain his response, to hear what he has to say. The third area of things that happen when we are being filled with the Holy Spirit is there's a new willingness, a new motivation. Psalm 110 says, in the day of your power, your people will be willing. There comes a kind of strange delight to do his will. In spite of cost, in spite of sacrifice, there's a, an almost inexplicable satisfaction or joy in doing his will. It's a changing of heart to come into line with him. A new clarity. A, a being confirmed in his way. A new kind of turning aside from our way in order, you know, it's not convenient. Ha! Huh, what's that got to do with it? Well, it's not really my way or my style. Irrelevant. It's about what does he want rather than what do I like. Many years ago, uh, Dawn and I were on holiday down in the West Country and we decided we'd like to go and see uh, in this pottery they were doing a demonstration of forming a pot. I always found that to be a very, because the Bible talks about potter and clay, I always found that to be a very vivid description of what he wants. And this potter took the clay and, I don't know, whatever it was they do to it, and then quite sharply, I mean, almost quite viciously, slapped it on the wheel. 
And I thought, man, if I was a bit of clay, that would certainly be a wake-up call, you know. Whack! Of course, obviously, it needed to stick to the wheel. And then, with his own hands, he began to form it. And I've always been fascinated to see the way that's done. In fact, uh, I'm not really very uh, artistically inclined, but when I was at school, we did have a term or two of pottery, you know. Um, I won't say what happened to what I did, but, but to see somebody, an expert, do it, and see out of this lump of clay something formed which was useful, which was attractive. In fact, he was making a kind of jug. And then, having made the jug, he took a, what seemed to me an exceptional amount of time on forming the lip of the jug. And I thought, hmm, you know, think, he thinks about the tongue, this small member that can cause such havoc or be so powerful. The Bible talks about us being potter, uh, clay in the potter's hands, being formed by him, being willing, yeah, embracing the, the kind of sharpness in order to be formed according to his purpose and according to his plan. Being shaped, being willing, being ready to be what he wants rather than what I want. Anybody up for that? Anybody up for that? Yeah? Be careful how you answer. <laughs> God's listening. Hmm? Jackie Star. So we're talking about meeting with God produces in us a submission and a willingness to be within his plan and his purpose. Jack, you wrote something to God on the day away, and you were particularly asking him for something. Uh, yeah, I asked him, so I asked him if I could, like, know what I'd be when I'm older. Like, I'd know my plan, and yeah, that was it. Okay, so then God answered, he told you all of his plan for you? Uh, yeah, he said to me, um, not to worry, that it's all in his hand, and that it's his plan to give to me, and that I don't need to know it, just to follow him. He also said something to you about being a prince. Uh, yeah, um, I got knocked out when um, I met with him. And uh, I just heard him vividly like, say to me, you're my warrior, you're my, you're my prince. Get up and rule the land for me. And with, within that, what Ben was saying was there was a point where he realized... Oh, yeah, I said Jack. It's not like I had a mic in front of me to contradict. Um, so what Jack was saying was at that point he realized, okay, this is about me trusting God, giving over to God. And as I learn to be what he's called me to be, which is a prince, I find that I'm in his plan without having to worry about it. Very important that we catch hold of that because if you remember at the beginning I said this is not about what we somehow impose from the outside but as a result of being filled with the spirit these are things that actually happen there's a new willingness there's obviously a submission to him but then there's a willingness that he works in us in fact he actually says it is God who works in us both to create the desire create the will 
and to enable us to do his will. It's God's work within us doing that. Very, very important. So a question. If you honestly, if you're honest, let God, Holy Spirit search you. Is there an area that he wants to adjust? Is there an area where there's a bit of resistance rather than a a willingness? See, the work of the Holy Spirit is to create that desire. Our response is to say, Lord, it's over to you. In the same way as the clay in the potter's hands is is to be moulded. Now, what are we going to do with this? We're saying being filled with the Spirit produces a fruitfulness, a willingness, and a, and a fight within us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. How do we respond? Well, there's specific questions which I've given you. But we have a moment now. We're going to use worship again to, to just respond. And then tonight, we have the opportunity to come together for a time of worship, a time of waiting on God. Specifically designed that we should actually do that. And I would urge you, seize that opportunity because we want to take God's word seriously. We want to work on the questions. We want to work on the questions before God. We want to say, Lord, fill me with your spirit because I want that motivation. I want that willingness. I want to have a readiness to pay that price. I want to be fruitful. I want something that, that stirs within me, which is not something which is imposed, but something that rises up in the power of your Holy Spirit. Let's take that opportunity to respond to him. Thank you, Mark.